Welcome to a D&D Candle Lab. D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast with your hosts, Karen and Dan. Welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around one thing we as players cannot resist. And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week we're bringing a brand new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content, and then scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince the other that our baby is better. Hey everyone, Garen here. And I'm Dan, and this week we are featuring a supplement that is sure to get most D&D players excited. It is entitled The Book of Dragons for 5th Edition, and it's by Connor McCall. Now, this supplement is available on DMs Guild for just $14.99, but what do you get for those $15, you ask? Well, this supplement is 237 pages long. It features three new dragon-themed races, 11 new subclasses, as well as a brand new class known as the Dragonbound. And on top of those great player options, this supplement also features new dragon-themed feats, rules and options for dragon barding, which is armor, dragon-themed items and artifacts, and then the sweet tools for DMs that allow for over 200 dragon stat blocks and new dragon feats. There is something for everyone, and I mean everyone in this supplement, because if you don't like dragons, you shouldn't be playing D&D. Yep, you hit the nail on the head with that one, Jones. Now, this supplement is some of the most fun I've had just skimming through a PDF since we started doing this show. So what do you say we give the listeners a sneak peek into the supplement by introducing our characters? Well, don't mind if I do. This week, I have created a character, a young squire of a noble knight of Waterdeep, Fallon, The squire was dedicated to his work and true of heart, but he spent his free time wandering the shores, gazing out over the waves and dreaming of the endless possibilities the ocean possessed. One day, he spotted a family of bronze dragons flying near the shore, the parents and their child, just barely out of the wormling stage, lazily gliding by. Suddenly, one of the ships out on the water opened fire on the dragons, the people shouting with glee when they struck the young one. Without thought, Dallin dove into the water and swam out to where the young dragon fell. As he pulled it up to the surface, he saw the parents bearing down on him. Just before they struck, a loud boom resounded that stopped the adults in their descent. Time seemed to pause for a moment. Then Thalen heard a voice in his mind, thanking him, and he found his body being gently pulled back to shore with the dragon in tow. As Thalen reached the sand, he looked up to find an image of Bahamut filling the sky. The platinum dragon lord spoke of his bravery and heart and asked if the boy would do him the service of becoming one of his own. Dallin quickly agreed, and the next day he arose as a platinum dragonborn and saw the wait, young... Wait, 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 wait. You just skipped over a huge detail. So he just wakes up the next day and he's a platinum dragonborn? Well, I'll get into that because it's yeah. part of being a platinum dragonborn. All right. Well, you're, you're better than this, Jones. Okay. Dallin agreed. He put down all of his items, and he was encased in a cocoon-like egg that incubated him for 24 hours, thus hardening his skin to the shine of a platinum dragonborn. So when he arose, his flesh was replaced with scales, glimmering in the sunlight, and the young dragon was waiting for him. The bronze dragon spoke in his mind, introducing herself as Corrido, and thanking him for saving her life. She told him Bahamut had bound them together something her parents support entirely. And as a pair, the god informed them he saw great things. Thalin cast aside his old name and took on the name of Squire henceforth, seeing himself as serving the greatest noble being possible. 
So, I have brought this week a level 8 Platinum Dragonborn of the Squire background, naturally, and the Dragonbound brand new class, where I have a Dragon Companion ready to win the lab. Well, very interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. But this week, I have a love child between a siren and a red dragon. Her name is Max Laura, and she was raised by her mother who, and frequently saw her father uh, on, on the weekends. Her father's name was Tinder, and he was an ancient red dragon. Oh, jeez. Yeah, her, her mother- And you interrupted my backstory? Her mother, you may recall her. Her name is Whoop Whoop. Oh, and, fuck. And she was, a, she is a very great songsmith. She frequently used sound to manipulate and create different effects on people. However, in her weekend visits with her father, Max Laura learned that there was a special type of draconic music known as Dragon Song. And she was intrigued by this mysterious sound of Dragon Song and spent much of her time away from her father studying the origins and tonality of it. One day, whoop whoop, dropped Mag Laura off at her father's cave and he was not there. She searched and searched, his treasure was gone and the cave reeked of blood. All that was left of her father was his rib cage licked clean. Max Laura spent that entire weekend weeping over her father's dead body, or what was left of it, in her father's former home, and many dragon songs that were born from the pain that she was experiencing at that time were written, and she now spends her days investigating who caused her father's death and refining her craft of dragon song to have her way with who was responsible once she finds them. I have Max Laura, a level eight female red half dragon, College of Dragonsong Bard of the Entertainer background. You know, I heard about this mystery. I'm pretty sure Tinder got killed by that terrifying earth dragon, FarmersOnly.com. Uh, I think it was actually a giant uh, bee monster that was named Bumble. <laughs> well, Dan, you may think your red half dragon build is really fire, so why don't you go ahead and spark up an Adventurer's Bounty cantrip candle? Because we enter the dragon's lair. There's bound to be some treasure in here. After all, this candle offers bright, metallic notes reminiscent of a great purse of coin. Best of all, these candles are 100% soy-based, and all their scents are specifically designed to accompany your tabletop adventures in games like D&D and Pathfinder. If you'd like to experience more of their scents, head over to cantripcandles.com and order yourself a sampler pack, which offers nine of their scents for just $11 plus shipping. Once you fall in love with all their scents, order their full-size candles, which come in 6 and 16-ounce sizes. Best of all, when you use the code LABRAT, L-A-B-R-A-T, all one word, at checkout, you receive 10% off your total purchase. Be sure to check them out. That's Cantrip Candles. And if you don't know how to spell Cantrip, you shouldn't be playing D&D. Well, thank you, Garen, and Cantrip Candles for that message. I'm going to go ahead and start with the bad news for Max Laura and head into the melee category. Uh, I'm arguing a negative one here. She has a dagger with a plus five to hit, 1d4 plus two piercing damage, which I think falls into the category of better than nothing. You know how it goes. Take it. I am arguing a plus one. Squire has a scimitar, which is a bonded weapon, which I will get into in the control category. But it is a plus five to hit, one d6 plus two, and he has two attacks. I also have Corido, who attacks on her own turn with a plus six to hit on her bite attack. She also has a claw attack, but her bite attack does one d10 plus three damage this could almost be a plus two but based on squire not being that beefy i'll take a plus one yeah that uh dragon bound class is pretty powerful in melee with that dragon having its own attack you just wait i'm just getting warmed up <laughs> well why don't you bring us into the ranged category and tell us how well they do in ranged combat 
Squire's not bad in range. His second bonded weapon, because I can have two, is a longbow. So that is also a plus five to hit, 1d8 plus two with two attacks. I would like to argue a plus one. Yeah, I can't be super harsh on you here because I'm also arguing a plus one. I have a dragon bone short bow, which is one of the items featured in this supplement. And nice. It, it is made from her father's smallest rib bone. It has a plus five to hit. It deals out 1d6 plus two piercing, just like a regular short bow. But the special part of this bow is that its craftsmanship being crafted from the dragon bone gives it an extra 30 feet in range, but it is not considered magical. Ooh. So I, I'm arguing a plus one because I thought it was cool theming. Definitely for that flavor of making it out of the rib bone. Yes. I almost gave you a plus two for that. You were so close based on cool factor. <laughs> Pair of plus ones, but I'll bring us into burninating i'm arguing a zero here now i have a breath weapon that deals out 4d6 fire damage now why is it 4d6 you ask because i took the breath weapon training feat which reads you have had a draconic mentor teach you how to maximize the effectiveness of your breath weapon your breath weapon deals out an extra d6 of damage so cool that brings it up to 4d6 fire damage and the nice part about a half dragon is that when you use your breath weapon, you can roll a d6 at the beginning of each of your turns. If you roll a six, your breath weapon recharges and you can use it again. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that is pretty I, sweet. I also have Vicious Mockery, which deals out 2d4. So I think this is a fair zero. Yeah, very fair zero. You have a stronger breath weapon than me, but I am going to be arguing a plus two on my burninating damage. I am all lightning over here, baby. Squire has a 3d6 lightning breath weapon because I get to choose. Corido has a 5d10 lightning breath weapon, and either one of them are able to cast Witch Bolt, which deals 1d12 lightning damage. And then, of course, you use your subsequent turns to maintain concentration and deal an additional 1d12 damage. So that's plus two worthy. Yeah, I can't argue with that. And you know what? You're going to roll here. Very fair. Corido has a charisma of 14. And Squire has a charisma of 16. So I guess I get to add those together and get a plus 5, right? No, you don't. And I rolled a 5. So with even with a plus 3, that's only an 8. I'll take a plus 1. Okay. And so moving along into control, what do you offer here? First of all, I would like to explain bonded weapons. This is a feature of the Dragon Bond class. At level 3, you take 1 hour during a short rest and you can bond a weapon you can no longer be disarmed as long as you're holding that weapon you can also summon it as a bonus action you can have two bonded weapons but you can only summon one at a time it's actually very similar to how hexblade works i believe if i'm getting that right or pact of the blade for warlocks is that what it is yeah pact of the blade yep so not being able to be disarmed and being able to summon my weapon very good for control i also have shared spell casting with my dragon either one of us cast a spell i can cast touch spells through her and she can do the same through me if i cast a spell she can only cast a cantrip on her turn and vice versa so there is a little bit of a limitation for there i also have fog cloud as a spell lightning lure and i took a feat called symbiotic concentration which means both me and my dragon have advantage on concentration checks to maintain concentration spells so all of the spells i've taken for this character are concentration spells very cool. almost all of them very cool so what are you arguing here in control this is a, another plus one i believe so you'll get a plus one because i'm arguing a plus two here you have a lot of really cool abilities by the way borderline plus two but i think i eke you out here because i've themed this as 
Max Laura has refined her craft of song. She has some effects caused by the song, which include the friends, message, hideous laughter, enthrall, hold person, which I kind of see as like a song that sort of paralyzes the person and puts them in a trance, hallucinatory terrain, and calm emotions. She also has some effects of just being this half dragon that I've kind of skinned, which is pyrotechnics. She's a red half dragon, so I'm thinking she can probably manipulate fire and do some cool shit like fireworks. Speak with dead, because I like to think that, you know, this supreme focus on this dragon song uh, allows her to communicate with her father, maybe. Not quite warlock-like, but just, you know, to maybe for a little bit of flavor in the roleplay, who knows. But I also have Song of Compulsion, which is a feature of the College of Dragon Song Bard, which at third level, you can attempt to persuade a group of creatures to act in a certain way. As an action, you can expend one bardic inspiration to sing the Dragon Song of Compulsion. Choose a number of creatures up to your charisma modifier, which in my case is three, within 60 feet of you and that can hear you. Each of those creatures must succeed on a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC, which is 14 or they'll be affected as if by a suggestion spell. So a creature who succeeds in this saving throw has no idea that you tried to influence it. Additionally, I have another feature called Song of Fear, which at the sixth level allows me to inspire fear in my enemies. I can use an action to invoke the Dragon Song of Fear, and when I do so, I can choose, again, three creatures or equal to your charisma modifier within 60 feet of you. Each of those creatures must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be affected as if by the fear spell. Uh, once you invoke this dragon song, though, you cannot do it again until you finish a long rest. So there's quite a bit of control, and I like that a lot of this is kind of skinned like it's all through song. So this would be a very bardy bard. Super bardy. Yeah, I like that those are area effect abilities, and they're very easy to wrap your head around because they're based on existing spells. So that's a cool feature. Very listy, but I had no problem with that list because it was definitely interesting. So I can give you a plus two on that, but you know what? I'm going to push the roll. Okay. Let's do it. So my charisma modifier is a plus three. So the DC to get a plus two is a 17. So I need a 14 or better. I rolled a nine. So I'll be getting a plus one there. You sure will. So you're a bard. You got the D8, I assume. How yes. tanky are you? Not very. I'm arguing a zero here. AC of 13, 72 hit points. But as you know, I have Song of Rest. I also have Healing Word and Lesser Restoration. So I think that's something. Okay. I will give you a zero. I think in light of that, I am going to try and eke out a plus one here because I think I'm just a little bit better than you. You always have. <laughs> I am also a D8 on HP, so I also have 72 hit points and an AC of 13. I'm wearing leather armor. I have lightning resistance. Corido has lightning immunity. Corido has 53 hit points and an AC of 17. I also have a couple of spells to increase my tankiness, such as Blur, which is a concentration spell that gives disadvantage to my enemies, like kind of like taking the dodge action. I have the shield spell, and I have Blade Ward as a cantrip. So I think in light of that, I deserve a plus one. Ooh, tough call. Yeah, tough call, but you got more going on than I do. But those hit points, pretty low. We both have 72. What are you talking about? You said 53. That's for my dragon. Yeah, yeah of, co of course. Yes. Okay, so... How do you help your friends? Help my friends in a couple little ways. Do you have friends or is your dragon your only friend? My dragon is my best good friend, my Bubba, if you would. Okay. But if I'm with my party allies, I have Expeditious Retreat, which of course increases the character's speed, but it's a concentration spell so I can keep them going. And I have Dragon's Breath, which I personally did not know that you could cast it on a friend. Did you know that? I did not. Cut. You touch a willing creature and you give them dragon's breath 
which is a level two spell for up to one minute they can use their action to deal 3d6 of a chosen type of damage in a 15 foot cone great just like having a breath weapon attack every single time round which is awesome to do and it's as a bonus action too i like that spell pretty cool so naturally i'm giving my friends lightning breath so we can kind of keep the theme going here so with two spells i am arguing a zero yeah definitely definitely zero worthy here i'm arguing a plus two so i've got that bardic inspiration which at level eight is a d8 i also have Liaman's tiny hut which certainly comes in handy. So I imagine she sings a little song and a hut just comes popping up. Impenetrable hut, mind you. I also have the Brave Feet out of this supplement, which you are used to staring down dangerous monsters and running straight into deadly situations. You gain the following benefits. You have advantage on saving throws to resist becoming frightened. Not applicable for allies, but this part is. All of your allies within 30 feet of you are rallied by your bravery. They also have advantage on saving throws to resist becoming frightened as long as you're conscious. So I think that's pretty neat. And I also have something called Song of Strength. At the third level, you learn to imbue yourself and your allies with great physical power. And as a bonus action, you can expend one bardic inspiration to sing the Dragon Song of Strength. You choose a number of creatures within 60 feet equal to your charisma modifier, which is up to three. Those creatures have their strength score increased by four. And now you can maintain concentration on this and they will keep their strength increased by four for up to a minute. Now, the cool part about this Song of Strength is as you level up, it gets more powerful. So the strength score increases by four, six, eight. Pretty neat. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember seeing that one. That was a really cool feature. Very unique, I thought, because you don't often see ability score increases for certain class features. So that would be huge for your fighters, especially. Just yes. a little bit of extra damage boost in a, in a combat. I like that. That's definitely plus two worthy. That is a really cool feature. You will get your plus two in ally assist, but before we leave this category, is there anything our listeners can do to get a plus two in ally assist? Oh, absolutely. I'm not sure if they, they're they aware of it, but we have a variety of ways that they can support the show. We have a Patreon that has tiers that start at just $1 and move all the way up the ladder to 20 bucks. We have a Discord that they can chat with us and create pop culture characters. They also can get bonus episodes and early access to our regular show, as well as way more. We pretty much share everything with these guys, so we have a great community going, and we'd love to grow a little bit bigger. We uh, also have supplements available on DMs Guild for a dollar. If you search Garen Jones, you can see all the great stuff that we have to offer on there. We also have ability score shirts for sale that have the minimum and maximum values for each ability score in a box on your chest. And the proceeds from every single one of these things that I just talked about go directly to supporting our show and keep us growing. So go and check all that stuff out. Yeah, and if I could say something about DMs Guild, we've been doing really well on there. We've been having some great sales. We're actually very close to a copper best-selling status on poor PC resting choices, which is something we talked about when we were on James and Tricasso's show. And I know we've talked about it on this show before. And when we hit copper best-selling on that, uh, we're gonna add new locations and new penalties for your players. So if you have purchased this in the past, tell your friends to buy it. If you are planning on buying it, when the new one releases, you will be able to go back to DMs Guild and download it for free because you've already purchased the product. So that will be as a thank you to everyone who has supported us along the way. Well, Garen, that sounds pretty balanced to me. And know what else is pretty balanced? Max Laura. I'm arguing a plus two. She has a strength of 10, dex of 15, con of 12, intelligence of 10, wisdom of 12, charisma of 16. Now, the half-dragon race gives bonuses plus one bonuses to strength constitution as well as charisma so pretty cool i've don't think i've ever seen a, a race give three 
So that's pretty neat. He did it for Platinum Dragonborns as well, and I'll get to that in a moment, but go ahead and continue. Saving throws in Dex and Charisma, but because I'm a bard, you know, I have that jack of all trades, but I'll go highlight a couple of these, plus nine in performance and persuasion, and then a couple others to highlight, plus four in deception, plus five in acrobatics, plus four in perception. My passive perception is 14. You know, I think other than the AC being a little bit low, this is a pretty optimized bard. Oh, for sure. Good numbers on that. So I could see a plus two for balance on you. I think I'm also in the plus two world with a strength of 11, dex of 15, con of 12, intelligence of 12, wisdom of 13, charisma of 16. The Dragonbound is a charisma spellcasting class. The Platinum Dragonborn gets a strength of one, charisma of one, and then you get to choose a aspect. Uh, I chose the mind aspect, so I get an intelligence of one as well. I also have the stats for my dragon, which increase periodically throughout the level up process. Every time you hit, you know, level four, level eight, the ability score improvement levels, you get a plus one to certain features on your dragon. It's actually kind of balanced out in a specific way. You don't get to choose. At level eight, Corido is a strength of 17, dex of 12, con of 15, intelligence of 11, wisdom of 11, and charisma of 14. She has a speed of 40 feet, a flying speed of 70 feet, and a swimming speed of 10 feet. She's still considered a medium creature. You'll actually see, if you're wondering how this works, he adjusted the aging process on, on dragons, and he made sure to categorize the size so that they wouldn't be aging too slow and that they wouldn't be too overpowered too soon. He did a lot of work to balance these dragons considering that is your companion creature. So dragon aside, I still feel like Squire is a very balanced character. So I would like to argue a plus two as well. And you will get that for sure. Sweet. So moving into our charisma category, this is the cherry on top of your shitty cake we make for you guys every week. This week, our scenario was submitted by the one and only Ben Potts. Your embarrassingly thespian friend wrangled you into a starring role in the annual pageant, The Dragon and the Ass. As you reluctantly prance about the stage, making a complete fool of yourself, you see two things. First, whoever got you into this is watching from the audience and seems absolutely thrilled that you're following through. And second... That assassin who tried to kill you last week is slowly pushing their way through the crowd. You can see a dagger glinting in their palm. Their eyes are locked upon you, but your stage exit isn't for another scene. How do you handle this threat without letting down your loved one, Dan? What do you do? The way I would handle this in a smooth operator, I'm arguing a plus two here. I would immediately break into song, plus nine to my performance check, of course. So it's sure to be a great little ditty. Little would the audience know, however, that this is a song of compulsion where I would target that assassin and suggest to him that I am a hell of a lot more dangerous than he apparently thinks I am. I continue to suggest that he go home because his wife and kids are currently locked in the pantry with a shatter spell on the door that is about to trigger. To ensure that he gets no closer, I would continue my song but shift the key a bit to a song of fear, again targeting the assassin, an abrupt chill would likely travel down his spine and my suggestion would be seemingly corroborated. All the while, the audience is none the wiser that this is just, and they don't know that this is not just part of the show. Right on. Pretty smooth. It is pretty smooth and it is so in line with what I had planned, but arguably more smoother. So we'll see how you feel about mine. In my smooth operator scenario, Corido is obviously playing the dragon, and I'm playing the ass, so I'm wearing a donkey costume. I would speak telepathically to Corido to let her know what's happening, and then talk her down from outright wrecking his ass. 
During the scene, I turn to the assassin in the crowd and call him out, using a fake name as if he were part of the show, and endowing him as the hunter that wishes to kill the dragon. I then cast Fog Cloud to really set the scene, and give a triumphant monologue about how I will lay down my life in defense of the dragon. I call my bonded scimitar, and with a flash of light, engage him in a sword fight, when he inevitably lands a blow. I make a big scene of the hit, clutching the wound and throwing myself around the theater in the throes of death. I finally lie still, and the crowd goes wild, throwing roses on him and me in triumph. The curtain closes, I thank him for making our play so great, and then shove him through the curtain to sign autographs. Um, Are you stunned? What happened? No, I mean, it's still probably going to kill you, though. Yeah, but he's got to answer the calls of his adoring fans first, which gives me plenty of time to escape. Eh. Plus if I one, need to cast expedition, all right. I like what you did. It's cool. All right. So how are you handling okay. this more aggressively? Because that was uh, arguably not so effective. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I think you're gonna like this one. This time, I endow him as a storm fairy king, meant to turn me back from donkey to man with his powers of lightning. I cast lightning lure on him. So making his body flash with electricity, but it also draws him towards the stage. I say, oh, what's that? Your powers must be renewed before you can cast your spell of transformation, and you need electricity to recharge those abilities? So I blast him with my lightning breath, and I say, wait, what's that? You need more? Corrido blasts him with her lightning breath. And then I say, what's that, Storm King? You need even more lightning? And I bring a volunteer up from the audience, and I cast Dragon's Breath upon them, and we all three blast him. Then I cast aside my donkey costume and bow over his smoking ruin. Plus two. I like it. You'll get a plus two, but... I think we have a very similar scenario here. (laughs) (laughs) I would, of course, be breaking into song because this is a musical. I I know it is. And I would cast Charm Person on the Assassin while I'm singing. And upon success, I would convince him to come on stage and be part of the show. And as I finish my solo, I would hook the Assassin onto a winged harness and strings, you know, to make him fly. And have him take flight as a dragon in the epic finale. I would belt out the final note and expel a fire breath in a 15-foot cone into the air with the assassin at the center of the flame. I would continually recharge it and cast it on him until he were until he were barbecued, casting pi- <laughs> casting pyrotechnics in the interim to have fireworks surround the fiery display. I'm not sure that the audience would love this finale, but I'm pretty sure they would think it is part of the show given the pyrotechnics. But one thing is for sure, it would definitely smell like shit in that theater. Wow, so we both just totally roast him. With breath, yeah. (laughs) So do I get a plus two? I think that was, you know, equally pretty good. I think I speak on behalf of America and the world abroad when I say we need to hear at least a little bit of your musical. (laughs) This assassin's on fire! This assassin's on fire! I think that's, that's, that's how I would do it. That was a sexy vibrato. Thank you. All right, plus two. The D&D Character Lab album is coming out, so stay tuned for that. Check your local Virgin Records store. Or Tower Records. It's also being sent there. Go to Circuit City. We're right there on the front display. (laughs) I believe Sears is also a proud distributor of ours. (laughs) But Sears only has the radio edit versions of our songs. (laughs) Oh, so Dan, would you play Max Laura? Yeah, so this would actually be a pretty fun NPC. I know I say this a lot, but this would be a fun NPC, but I think it would also be a pretty fun character to play. There's a lot of flavor in this supplement about the different types of dragons, so you can really kind of beef up the backstory. You can change this red 
half dragon to a different color. There's a ton of lore about the dragons in there. But I also appreciated the mystique of the half dragon race, as well as the breath training feat as an option. I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely agreed. I would totally play my character. Having a dragon friend would be a lot of fun. It feels very powerful in like a cool way. I love the theming of this bronze dragon as the companion and being able to speak telepathically to them and all that. So I'm down with that. Uh, I will mention that the Dragonbound class also has subtypes for, I obviously took the magic casting one. You can do a Dragon Rider or a Skirmisher, which are similar to being more being more closely in line with being a Ranger type character, you know, the Beastmaster. So trust us, we did not do this supplement justice, guys. You, guys, you should head over to DM's Guild and pick up the Book of Dragons for 5th Edition by Connor McCall. This will quickly become a staple in your D&D collection. Great episode, Dan. Great character. And I edged you out 10 to 9 this week. Woo! Close battle, close battle. That's a shame, though, because the that sets you over the top in the win-loss column for our total. You have a total of no one's counting, and I have a total of no one gives a fuck. <laughs> we are so, so close! Yeah. I just hope I can take home the pennant this year. <laughs> So guys, thank you again for listening to this episode of the D&D Character Lab. Here are our end of show reminders of things we have to offer you. Our DMs Guild stuff, as we mentioned. If you enjoy our DMs Guild content, we ask that you rate or review it. Even a rating, you can just go over there and click it. You don't even have to submit your name. And get at us on email and Twitter and Facebook. Let us know what kind of content you would like to see. We got lots of ideas, but if you have something... Send it our way. We'd love to hear what kind of stuff you want us to write to give to you. Patreon bonus episodes, so flowing, so thick, like honey, like stout beer. We got Fight Clubs and Monster Labs, $5 and up if you want to get on that, and you can start binging today. Stay tuned to the D&D Character Lab for future episodes. We have got more guests lined up that we are very excited about, and we have got more third-party content. Some of it we are sure you have never even heard of, and you're going to freaking love it. Actually, uh, very, very exciting updates, Garen, as always. And that about wraps everything up for us this week, Lab Rats. Just remember, when it comes to character creation, it doesn't have to be optimized. It just has to be fun. Thank you, everyone. This has been a production of the D&D Character Lab Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DND Character Lab. Or shoot us an email at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app.